Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, neurotic rule-abiding gun owners, imaginary best friends, press-related television morning programs, and surprisingly talkative zombies. Listener discretion is advised. of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and reviews about connecting dance narratives. This is your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hello, it is me. Hola, como estas? Guten tag. Yeah. <laughs> and well, for those of you who don't know, Spark and some podcasts and reviews about connecting dance narratives. Every episode we talk about one or two manga or movies or games or animes or cons, depending on the situation, and we let you know how they are, how the art style is, how the character development is how the overall story is, and if it is worth investing your time. You don't have to agree with anything we said, but I've heard we've been slightly entertaining, and also we're now at eight years doing this. I think we're pretty good at it. You can find us at www.spirekin.com. You can email us at spirekin at gmail.com or at zan at spirekin.com or lunaboton007 at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and we are also dabbling a little bit in Tumblr, even though that has not been going up so well. Congrats, by the way. Eight years is kind of impressive. Uh, we're just doing what we can to do the best we can. And that's <laughs> what we're here to do is do the best we can and have the best quality programming for you, our listeners who we care about so much and try our best for. If you're commuting, hopefully you don't crash after hearing this episode because this is actually something very different and unusual, especially with the topic yeah. at hand. Now, usually we would banter, but I think that this quality of episode deserves being talked about in a more, not serious, but a more concise, somber, no, more focused way. So okay. this manga is something which is very interesting because it takes place in a very realistic world. It's not too fantasyful. Yeah, it's not too out there. It's actually like, there's real places. I mean, it's real, real places. You can actually go there. It has a very realistic feel to it. And more importantly than that, it's focusing on a style of horror, which most of us don't focus on for most animes. I mean, we've covered it in several titles, but this actually, in my opinion, seems to be the best version of this type of horror story because it is covering one of America and the Western world's favorite topics, zombies. And while these zombies are slightly different than your average, everyday run-of-the-mills, it is a very unique take on it. And it is what some people have said to be one of the most original and the first real Japanese zombie story that has worked in a long time. Now, this story was written by Kengo Hanazawa and published by Shogakugan, meaning that it was brought over here by... Was it, is it Viz? Or yeah. no, it's... Uh... Shogakugan is Dark dark horse comics oh i don't know that yeah so it's brought over to us by 
Wait, wait. So, hold on. Wait. Dark Horse, that's not... Is that their typical genre? I don't think Dark Horse does too much with that. No, Dark Horse releases a lot of manga, actually. They do more mainly comics, but they do do a lot of manga as well. And this is a Senin series that was released in big comic spirits from 2009, and it's still coming out. There's 20 volumes, and we got a release over here where it's an omnibus edition, so it's two volumes for the price of... Well, two. I wish it was of one. $9 for two volumes would be amazing, but $19.95 is not bad for 22 chapters. No. No, absolutely not. There's also a live-action film that was directed by Shinsuke Sato. It was released actually April 23rd of this year. was shown at Cannes last year. And surprisingly, the person who's vouching for it is everyone's favorite publisher of manga that we all love and hate, Stu Levy. Tokyo Pop still exists, ladies and gentlemen. It's only in France. So Tokyo Pop is like French now? Oh, yes. You were unaware of the situation with all the horribleness of Tokyo Pop. Well, long story short, for those of you who've never heard of Tokyo Pop, Tokyo Pop was a publishing company that was over here that released a lot of manga. Originally was mixed, then became Tokyo Pop, and their creator or their president Stu levy drove the company into the ground there's no more tokyo pop in the united states a lot of their licenses are currently wrapped up and tied up in legal legalities the issue though is that how do i put this politely well it didn't die out he should have died and burnt in a fire but rather Stu levy is now in paris releasing all of his stuff over there as tokyo pop and if you go to any of the european comic shops everywhere you see tokyo pop so it's kind of crazy with that. So um, it's only over there. Primarily it's over there for the most part. Okay. They were huge over here though. Yeah, until he decides that his love of certain people, the comic Princess I is a perfect example of it, took the entire company and drove it into the ground. So now this story we're talking about is called... I am Hiro. Or actually in Japanese it's I am a hero. This is literally, it's actually written in the kanji for I am a hero. The reason for that is... That is his name though, right? Yes. That is the crux of the story. Our main character, whose name is Suzuki Hideo, has his first character name spelling hero. And he is not a hero. He is actually, when you first meet him, he is almost a side character in his life. Because he is a 35-year-old manga assistant who used to be very big. He had a serialized run for six months, and then it went to hell. And now he is working as a manga assistant for someone who was his contemporary. Now he's a supplement, and he is exhausted by life. He has unfulfilled dreams. He hallucinates for weird reasons, and he has a lot of trust issues with his girlfriend, who constantly compares him to his former rival. Yeah, he seems, um, from what I got, like, not, I wouldn't say messed up. I brought this up to you before, but it's very, the hallucinations, I love how it's, how it's written into the manga that they're, you can't tell one from the other as you're reading it, which is fantastic. So, it's very, like, paprika. We talked about this a little bit. We touched on it. But as I read into it, it's, I mean, it's justified, obviously. You just, you're so overworked. You're so tired. You just start seeing things and hearing things. And almost the events in the manga seem to fit. I agree with you that does fit. It fits with his mindset that he's really weird and crazy and you have to question constantly what's going on. He is an unreliable narrative in this story, but it is still an intriguing story to go on. And 
just to reiterate really the point of this manga is that our main character hideo is he's someone who is emotionally just worn down i mean he's a 35 year old mangaka who his girlfriend is talking to his rival his non-existent friend is trying to keep him from going sane and at night he's imagining and seeing things coming to kill him and he has to make protective circles around himself he is emotionally not unstable well he is unstable but he's not confident enough to be where he should be in life yeah it's the low self-esteem has gotten to like such a level that he's not the one line that i was this is why you're at the position that you're at after he like totally missed killing a zombie or whatever that he's like this is why you're at that level because you always miss opportunities or something like that and he's like oh crap <laughs> yeah you're right and he's constantly trying to bolster himself by saying i am a hero because he is a hero but he's not yes that hero until he gets to a point where he is that competent because people say you're a hero right and eventually yeah. he becomes a hero because he is someone who has particular skills that he's very good at because one thing which is he's a manga he is a loner he has a girlfriend he's also someone who is a member of a gun club where they meet up once a month to hang out and shoot clays, and he's pretty good at it. He's actually kind of insanely good at it. Like, he takes super important care of his gun. Yeah, I noticed that. That's he, like his baby. He makes sure everything is fine. He has all the paperwork, all of the cleaning tools, and he takes care of the gun. And the thing is, he doesn't fire the gun because it's illegal to fire a gun in public because of the sword law in Japan. You're not allowed to have a gun out because of swords or guns in Japan. And he's right. very strong about that. He's very opinionated. They can't do that. He has to. He follows the rules. And right. you want him to follow the rules. And at the point at the beginning of the story, uh, what happened was that he went to a singles meetup because his creepy kohai, his co-worker, who's a really bad pervert, said, hey, let's go to a singles meeting. It'll be fun. It'll be cool. And what happened was... As he goes to this meeting, you know, things are going good. He's talking, he's engaging, and then immediately his, he gets a text message from his girlfriend talking about how Kohai, the former, the now successful right. manga, and he has a breakdown. Imagine himself ranting and flipping out, and he ends up actually just talking to himself, freaking out the girls next to him, them wanting to run away, and he blows the opportunity. So he gets really drunk. Him and his friends walk away, or kind of friends because his co-workers really aren't his friends they're just creepy people he hangs out with <laughs> like his one co-worker is really fucked up the guy who likes the girl on the on a boob morning yes our, our, our equivalent to naked news yes and he they end up seeing a, a contextual hitting a girl and not decapitating her but getting her up and she gets up and walks away and he's like oh it's, it's a complete utter it's a hallucination i don't see this la 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 has another breakdown, talks to his girlfriend. They resolve their situation because they had a major fight where he ends up he ends up saying, are you taking Nakamura-kun's dick? And she gets pissed off at him, and then he eventually goes to work, resolves. He says, I'm going to see you tomorrow. We'll make everything all better. And he goes home, says, oh, yeah, it's a gun retreat day, so I'll get my gun, get the license. We'll go and meet there. And what happens when he gets to her apartment to meet her? Well, first, beforehand, what does he see outside just all over the place. It's like there are cars and there's just weird stuff. It looks very empty. There's one shot that I really like. It's very Walking Dead like. Yeah, you see that JSDF driving along in a troop and he's like, oh, there are maneuvers probably or something. I don't know. He just keeps walking. You're like. He's like so oblivious. It is almost like the beginning of Shaun of the Dead. 
he's oblivious, but also he's got the fact that he's going to talk to his girlfriend who they had a major argument and she said that she's sorry that she made him feel like that. She won't talk about him again. And she realized where he was coming from because he really does care about her. And when someone like that who has low self-esteem tries to apologize, it may seem like smothering, but it's not smothering. It's just their way of dealing with it. Right. And she actually, I think, handled it pretty well. But then when she gets there, what does he see when he knocks on her door? She's in bed and, well, he opens the flap thing because I guess she, like, tickles him or, like, does something through the mail slot. So he opens the mail slot as, like, a thing that they do. She's still in bed. He's like, oh, are you feeling okay? And she does get up, but she's not there. She's essentially zombified and she falls over. He's like, Takio, Takio, are you okay? Are you all right? And then he sees her literally like a zombie crawling towards her. He's like, are you okay? Stop playing around. Stop playing And like, she like lunges at him. And he Uh thinks she's playing at first until she goes to a very awkward angle. Yeah. She's like backwards. And she reaches through, breaks the post latch thing, which is like creepy like they're like superhuman strength they're super fast they're ridiculously like i i don't know it's just like it does remind me of like one of the titans from attack on titan and she is grabbing his head but she's also like gnawing on the door but his head i wouldn't say it's, it's not through the post hole but it's he's banging his head or getting his head bashed in i don't know how to describe it well she's trying to pull him in and she can't reach through it and he's trying to close the door on her and it's not working and he's trying to reason with her, and she eventually, as the zombie who's attacking her, you think, it's oh, it's a zombie, no problem. She says in a, a raspy voice, Hideo, I love you. Yeah, it's... But you notice that she's gnawing a door, she's popping her teeth out. Yeah, as the, you know, he's trying to shut the door on her, like, that she's, like, breaking them off. And the question is, is this intentional, or is this not really? That's... I actually, now that I went back and, like, looked at it, and like you said, there's a lot in the background. There's a lot of context in the background that you have to read through as well. I actually do not think it is intentional. Because if you're looking at the angle at which she is attacking him, she's so backwards and she's at such a weird angle that that just happened to be like that. She's, the door's there, she's chewing on the door, she's trying to get to him but she's doing it so vigorously that like the angle that she's at is is breaking her teeth off. So I don't know if that's... I would say that is just unintentional. That's the angle it happened to ha- happen at, and so be it. He well, just got lucky. All right. I could see that. I don't know. I think that she may have some... They may have some consciousness left, because they do seem to have some coherence left to for little things. They still are ravenous zombies, but she, he eventually is trying to talk her down... He gets her to stop because all her teeth pop out. She bites him, but it's like gumming. So yeah, she doesn't break the skin. And then as, as she's about to, to go in and they're fighting, another zombie shows up and it makes the other zombie attacks his girlfriend, former girlfriend. Right. Yeah. Zombie pile up at the apartment complex. <laughs> I like, well, we'll get to that in a second. But so they end up fighting. He looks around, sees that she unplugged everything and she leaves him a cryptic note. Which says, not cryptic, but says, If I'm dead, don't look at me without my makeup on or something. And it's like she did know she was going to die. And she literally tried to tell him that she still loves him. Because the other thing is, they had just gotten a fight about her talking about this other guy. Also, his manga was in the bottom of a drawer. And this guy, this greater mangaka, his stuff was all over the place. And as she he walks in, he notices that she cleans his up. Stuff's, his stuff is on the desk. 
yeah, and all of the other guy stuff has been thrown away. She actually is making an effort to better their relationship. And it's heartbreaking because he realizes that, you know, this is not going to be the same. Yajima, his imaginary friend, at one point even says, hey, look, this is just a hallucination. You could just take care of this, no problem. And he says, I still smell her. I, I know this isn't a hallucination. She's like, yeah, you kind of, I, I tried. <laughs> He's like, I tried, but uh, nah, this is all on you. Go ahead. This is your fight now. And this is kind of the last time you see him at this point, I think. Yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen him because it's reality now. Now it's now his demons are coming out in you know their true form. This is life now. Yeah, and he ends up getting her on, under a pillow, takes a knife and cuts her throat, and then lovingly he sh- he combs her hair, makes her look nice, cleans up a little bit, and he writes on her note. He writes at the bottom. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with this or not, but the person who cut her throat was me, Hideo Suzuki. I'm going to the police to turn myself in. And he goes to turn himself in, and as he's about to walk out, her neighbor walks out and says, Hey, what's going on out there? Yeah. And then and the landlady like, shows up. And then he goes and tries to get to the police station. There's like, he's being chased. And then, like, you see things popping out of nowhere, and you start seeing, like, the little blurbs of, like, Oh, don't. Fight me. Oh my god, what is she doing? Get off of her. Blah blah blah. And he's like He sees what? what's going on and he's like, like oh, he, he's like, okay, alright, I'm awake. What the heck? He's trying to struggle and get to it. As it goes on, he meets his co-worker. His co-worker says, hey, this is perfect. This is the time where we could be kings and everything will be fine, because I could get revenge on all the people who hated me because they're all quote unquote zombies. And it's like Okay, because his their boss, who they were, who was a jerk, he was a zombie. The, the two people who were fucking at work turned into zombies, and that was worse because the one girl was the zombie first, and she, um, well, she turned into a zombie while she was doing something to the other guy, and she proceeded to remove something. Yeah, that's not the best way to go. That's got to be the worst way to go. Little spoiler for later on. Later on, one of the guys is turning to a zombie as he's um, pleasuring himself, and he ends up, he keeps going. Even after he pulls it off, he's still going. Ew, ew, oh god, really? What? Ew, that's so gross. And he's talking about how I should be able to do things with you, even though he doesn't have a... Yeah. Well, I can't say from the female standpoint, I can go, ew, that's disgusting. But you're probably sitting there cringing, so... A little bit. (laughs) but from here it goes even further into messed up territory because you have all these events going on and he doesn't take out his gun at all because the best thing is his friend is not a good person he's like saying yeah we'll kill them all we'll survive only the strongest will survive we're gods just like the guy on the internet said which is kind of a hint for later on because it turns out there's a guy who's starting a cult And as he's saying this, I love it. They're just walking down the street talking, and what happens? A plane comes and decapitates them. Oh, ew, no, I did not get there. Oh, my God. I love it. It's like short, it's all splash pages, four pages of it. Just, you first you see him standing there with the plane right there. Then you see the plane hitting him. Then you see the plane go past, and his head is gone. This is not for the weak of stomach. No, see, that's the thing, though, is... Now that you get into the storyline and stuff, as I'm looking, like, they're fighting this really fat zombie chick that's, like, super ugly. Oh, yeah, the one who has something stuck in her mouth? Yeah, I'm like, the artwork is, to me, is, like, nails on a chalkboard. I absolutely... It's it's supposed to be like like that. It's supposed to be visceral. It goes with the story, and, and I hate it. 
because the story is so good, but I cannot stand the artwork. I think I might have to watch the live action. Uh, the live action, they take a lot out. Uh, we'll get into it in a bit, but from this point on, it's him trying to escape. He has not taken the gun out. He imagines himself taking the gun out, and it takes a while. Probably, I think, four volumes. Well, no. Two volumes before he actually shoots it for the first time to kill one zombie. And then later on, he has to take a bunch of zombies out. And at that point, you see him literally go through 70 rounds without miss all headshots. That's wow. a shotgun with only two shells in it. So he's using two shells, shoot, shoot, eject, reload. And like it's Tim. It looks awesome. For gun enthusiasts, it's amazing. For zombie fans, it's... This guy isn't the guy who's going to run around killing people like Rick Grimes or Glenn or Carl or Daryl. This guy is someone who you would think would not survive, and he does survive. And it, the first volume ends way before that ends where he's on a train, and he's wondering what's going on. Because the train people don't know what's going on, and he looks to his left, and in the car next to them, there's a zombie outbreak happening. And then the artwork is bothering me so much. I'm sorry. I'm going to be hung up on it. I probably shouldn't be hung up on it. But what is the artwork similar to? You, I think you said... This, the artwork is very visceral. It is hyper-realistic would be the term I'd use for it. Um, okay. That's what I would go for it with its style. Surprisingly, this was nominated for the 3rd, 4th, and 5th Manga Taisho Awards, and it won the 58th Shogakukan Manga Award in general. And Jason Thompson, who is really awesome, I've met him, he wrote Manga The Complete Guide, said this is one of his top 10 great zombie mangas, and this is number one. And it probably is the greatest zombie manga ever. It's, it's good. So, it's sold 4 million copies. Now... No, it's really good. I mean, the storyline and stuff... So overall, the story is one of a man who... A normal everyday Joe who is trying to get through this and all the things which happen. It starts off slow like a slow burner, and it just slowly gets like a fire, slowly mm, picks up speeds, yeah. picks up speeds, picks up speed. Uh, like a lot of stories, it does take a while. I think it takes up to that incident I talked about. I think that's volume seven. Is No, it's eight is when he uses the gun to be awesome. He first fires the gun in four. Okay. On the fourth volume, which would be actually, we would get it in volume two. Because remember, they're omnibuses. Right, right, right. So it's not like the volume volume. Yeah, and surprisingly, Mitana, his friend, dies in the Narima district. I was like, where's Rodma? Where's all the Narima wrecking crew? No, they're all zombies. They're all gone. Yeah. They all died. This is also interesting, too, because it's the Japanese side of things. You know, we always think of, like, zombie outbreaks happening in the U.S., and it's like, what would happen if it was in Tokyo? Yeah, that is another part, which is why they did the, that hyper-realistic style. And it's very similar to, if you remember 28 Days Later, that mm -hmm. almost detachment where it seems so out there. But it, it works. It makes you compels you to read more, because it's like a car accident. You want to see what's going on, even though you know it's going to get worse. Right. Do you disagree or agree or... No, no, I, I totally agree. It's just like I have an issue with the getting over the artwork. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that way, but I... A lot of people feel it's grotesque and that's... It's so out there though, but it, it fits. That's what's tearing me apart. What is that? What is that line? I'm, you're tearing me apart. Tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally uh, like that. I just used that line. <laughs> uh, 
It is one of those ones where the art style is horrific. It's not Attack on Titans bad. I mean, don't get us wrong. It's not bad art. The art is hyper-realistic and hyper-detailed. Right, right. I mean, the way that they draw the zombies, though, is disgusting, though. It's not... Yeah, it's very... I don't like it. It's how I think a real zombified person would look. You'd see the veins going crazy. You'd see the eye all messed up. And the live-action film does an excellent job depicting this. Yeah. I want to see it. Sadly, as I said earlier, it was released in France, so blah. Nasty. But we'll get off the French bashing for now and talk about, besides the art style, the writing is amazing. It's a lot of dialogue. It does take a while to start, and a lot of Hideo's (laughs) inner monologue is ramblings. Yeah, I, I I had a hard time with that. I couldn't get through that. Him talking about how the one of the greatest lines in the book is him talking about how the greatest export Japan has is manga right. because their films aren't accepted. Their music is never accepted, but manga is accepted. I find that actually very cool and awesome being a geek. Their music, their music is accepted. Their music is awesome. No, K-pop is accepted. K-pop's accepted. I love J-pop though. J-pop, K-pop, that's awesome stuff. No, I agree. It's, it's awesome, but a lot of people don't like it. And, it's okay. I love German rock, and a lot of people are like, what? But I prefer it to a lot of other rock, yeah. even modern rock. No, there are some great rock styles, but it just the point of him was that manga is the one thing which is universally loved, and it is universally loved. It's the thing which yeah. will stand the test of time, and he wants to make a manga which will stand the test of time. A couple of his other rants, like him ranting about how girls who have big boobs are not good newscasters they should be older more anyway the writing style is completely up to specs and it is an amazing art style and i love kango hanasawa's story this i love where this is going i love how disturbing and decrepit this is i've been using this for the horror panel since i first heard about it and this has gotten better and better and the best thing is this is a guy who is in his mid-30s it's not a young protagonist it's a guy who his life has been almost in holding because a bad thing happened right i agree it's a good storyline and the fact that it's about strangers who have to question their moral choices while struggling to survive and it's not a walking dead scenario it's not no this is there is no safe zone there is no place they're gonna i mean they find one kind of safe zone and it just turns horrible because of a little thing where it's like he sees a baby zombie biting people and they think, oh, it's a little baby. He just doesn't know what he's doing. And you're like, oh my God. You're like, that's not right. Yeah. Eventually you get the other characters. Like there's several characters who have the ability. They're bitten and they're zombies, but they're not. Like this next character you meet in volume two, Hiromi, she's infected, but she retains most of her personality. The only thing is like when she turns into zombie strength mode, her vision turns to an almost psychedelic Hideo hallucination mode. Like she sees Hideo as like this weird bouncy creature and Ew. sees everyone else's monsters. And she seems immune to the infection. Other people get infected later on and people you care about die. It's a typical zombie story like most of them are. And the best part about this, besides the fact that Dark Horse has the rights for this, guess who decided to write a spinoff for this series? I have no idea. So the person who wrote a sidequel to this, a sequel, 
side story was everyone's favorite horror mangaka Junji Ito, the creator of Tomoe, who's written so many horror stories like Uzumagi and Gyo. He approves of this 100%. Nice. And that is very impressive. I mean, we've talked about Junji Ito several times in this podcast. Overall, since you've only interacted with a couple of characters, would you say Hideo is the MVP of the manga? Actually, in this case, I would. But I think later on, the one girl might take MVP. But right now... Well, she spends half the time in a coma and then her locked up in a camping bag tied up with duct tape until they need her, so... They still need her. She's still MVP. I mean, without her, they would need him, you know, just saying. Well, well, he's the only one that says, don't kill her. So it's like he's attached to her. Um, right. This is a series where it's almost a one-act play, a one-man show, because it is Hideo's story. Right. You know, other characters you could say good and bad things about. And I like that y- Yajima disappears once everything starts to gain confidence. He still hallucinates at weird times of night, but he's not as bad as he used to be. I mean, he gets there. Right. And what will happen in the end of this story? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's been released all over the world. It's been released in Italy, France, Spain, Mexico, Germany, and Indonesia. Nice. We are the last ones to get it. That's sad. That is sad. That is actually really sad. So overall, out of our five-point ratings, where would you put this at? I don't know. I was like, borrow from a friend? No. Would you say borrow from a friend or no? I don't know. I... Or is it good enough to be really, really, really fucking cool? No, definitely not. Really? You're dropping it? I am dropping it. So you're giving it borrow from a friend? Yeah. I kind of... It's between that and the... the what is the other one? Read if you only have, like... One. No, no, no. It's uh, the second... The middle ground is a, a gift from your crazy Aunt Muriel. Okay, but forgettable. No, it's not quite that either. It's between... Yeah, it's... You gotta pick yeah. one. It's it's either one or the other. Because is it... You know. So would you bump it up? i borrow from a friend. Okay, you'd borrow from a friend. I agree. It is definitely borrow from a friend. So why are your reasons for giving it that? Because I freaking hate the art style. Like, it's really bothering me. Okay, that's the only reason why? I don't know. I mean, what's the good points of what bumped it up that high? The storyline, the zombie. I want to learn more about, like, why they are the way they are, why they look that way. Their adaptation of it is good. I like that. Okay. But that damn artwork. All right, my reasoning is different. I give it ball from a friend because the story is amazing. The artwork is great. It is a compelling and engaging manga, which makes you want to read more. However, this is not for children. That is what I will stress 100%. I know that a lot of our younger readers are like, I have to read this now. This is going to be fucking awesome. It is a very mature story. If you are not strong-minded, you won't understand half of it you won't have the patience for it because it is a slow story it's not fast it does it does take a while to get started yes and even when it gets started it takes like three each you want to read more you keep reading it like a car accident but it takes a while it's like a wheel just slowly turning and you're reading it and seeing more about it you may get frustrated by it but it's worth investing in it's just it's a slow burn and also all of the sex and mutilation and sex drugs and rock and roll I wish there were sex drugs in rock and roll, but it's just sex and sex mutilation. I mean, people moving pieces of their body, people eating other people. It's pretty fucking gross. So that's what I would say for this. With that in mind, I think that's all we could talk about with it. Just read this on your own, I'd say. It is worth checking out and reading. 
and buying because we do want more of this to come out. We don't want a Drops of God situation where they release five amazing volumes and no one gets the rest. Actually pick this up and buy it because it is worth it. Right, right. It's it's pretty good. Because we do want more good quality manga coming out and we won't get it unless we buy more. So... We have to buy it. That's my point on it. With that in mind, remember you can check out any of our other episodes at www.spirekin.com. You can email us spirekin at gmail.com. You can find us. Where can you find us? On YouTube, Twitch, Stitch, Snapchat, and Tumblr, I believe. Also Facebook Face- and Instagram. Forgot about that. I believe that is all there is at this point. With that in mind, we've talked about a lot. Yes. We've discussed many things, many good things, many awesome things, many just pretty yes. cool things. The only thing which is left to get to that part, you want more for what we talk about? We're talking about that one, that only, the, the wheel of manga. Yes, friends, the wheel of manga accepts a subsidy. What is the wheel of manga? The wheel of manga is a prize wheel with 10 slots on it and what we're going to do is we're going to spin that one that only the wheel of manga whenever it lands and that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the sparkin manga review episode 205 so we're going to spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode because we have some great titles some crappy titles and some which are just pretty rough so we're going to spin and see what we're going to do in the next episode and then after that we spin and then you have to review one all on your own oh god the humanity so let us spin and see what we're going to review in the next episode you ready yep what number is it four Wow. Number four. So in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, we are going to be reviewing a manga, which is a very similar story to Kari Kano, which we reviewed many, many years ago. Story about a girl who at school, she's amazing. She's beautiful. She's sweet. And then in private, she's a horrible, homely, scary person. And what are we talking about? We're talking about Switch Girl. Switch Girl. Very similar to Kari Kano in a lot of ways. Guess that's it for this episode. I mean, we could talk about other things, but that's it. So we'll talk to you guys next time. Later, guys. Bye. We're Gonsville. Hope you made it to work safe, and we will talk to you on the next episode. We're not gonna-